Welcome to Cartridge Command, your weekly retro gaming podcast where we discuss and review the classic and not so classic games of the 8 and 16 bit era. I'm Nick. I'm Eric. And I'm Abby. And this week's game is not a game, it's another movie episode. Movie time. And this week's movie is Double Dragon. Thousands of years ago in ancient China, an evil army of shadow warriors terrorized the great city of Changsha. To save his people, the good king sacrificed himself to create a mystical medallion. Realizing the ultimate powers of the medallion, the king split it in half. To one son, he gave the power over body. To the other, power over the soul. This is the legend of the double dragon. Double Dragon the Movie was produced by Imperial Entertainment Group and directed by James Yukicha, a.k.a. James Nixon. And this movie was released in 1994. Now, most interestingly to me, the story for this film was written by two people, but one of them was Paul Dini. Yeah, I saw his name in the credits. I I couldn't believe it. It was the Paul Dini. Uh, Paul Dini is a famed writer of many animated shows from uh, Tiny Toons to Batman's animated series. Yeah, yeah. Uh, He got his start, I think, all the way back in the He-Man days. Yeah, yeah. And is also best known for his comic work. He invented the character of Harley Quinn. Yeah, yeah. And has written many adventures of her and uh, people throughout the Batman universe. Did the other writer ever do anything else? Uh, No. He, I can't remember which one, but he wrote some schlocky movies like two three and possibly four oh, okay but not the first one of whatever series it was <laughs> now uh the screenplay is also similar to that where uh it's credited to michael davis and peter uh, gould and peter gould you may recognize the name from breaking bad he was a writer and then executive producer um through all seasons thing? uh executive or he was a writer for the first few seasons and then a producer i think towards the end wow and now he produces better call saul wow Crazy. Which is very interesting. I think he actually even won an Emmy for writing. I don't doubt because it. Because of Breaking I, that Bad. That show won Emmys for, for every every aspect. It's just more um, amazing since he also apparently wrote or wrote part of this film. <laughs> <laughs> Shows in the more grittier elements. Well, there were, you know, some gritty-ish elements of this movie, but... Ugh, it's so weird. It is. Not as weird as the cast of this film, though, because it is also all over the place. Yeah, yeah. You have uh, the main bad guy of the film. Does it? Can you remember the name? Oh, Shuko Kogashuko. Kogashuko. Yeah. Uh, played by uh, Robert Patrick, also known as the T One Thousand. And he is awesome. He's the best part of this movie. I yes. Think. He is chewing it up, man. He is way, way over the top, but uh, he was also well known for his uh, work in the final two seasons, I think, of X Files. Yeah, yeah. And then I don't know what else he did after that. I don't, I'm sure he's out there. I think. Abby and I talked earlier, but he will always be the T-1000 to both of us. Yeah, always be the T-1000. No matter what I see him in, that's the very first thing I think of. You know, I can't believe they've never brought him back for any of these mini Terminator sequels. Like, the T-1000 is just as iconic as, you know, the Terminator, I think. I don't know. It's kind of strange now that you Maybe he doesn't want to be part of it. Maybe. Maybe I can't blame him. (laughs) I mean, there's no Terminator model better than the T-1000. Oh, I don't know. I saw the trailer for the next one, and it's like an uh, endoskeleton with a T-1000 on it. Ooh. 
Whoa. So we'll see how they, they do against that particular model yeah, of Terminator. I don't know about that. I mean... Well, no, there was the other, like, 90s one with the Terminatrix where she was like him but could also do moving parts. Yes. Yeah. Right? So I guess... She made, like, gun arms. I vaguely remember it. Well, anytime I see that actor, I just think <laughs> of, like, the square hook hands. Yeah. Oh, he, yeah. like... Oh, chases after the car, hooks yeah, onto the car, onto and then the car. gets swung around. Yep. Falls off the car, and then goes into his uh, characteristic sprint. Karate chop run up. mode. Yep. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you. <laughs> yeah. But I enjoyed watching him in this. I was actually fully um, fully engaged, enthralled <laughs> by his performance that T-1000 didn't even cross my mind. You know, I will second that. After uh, I saw his awesome facial hair and bleach blonde hair, once I never thought of shape-shifting again no. yeah for sure he, he looks so weird so. he does <laughs> why would he want to change like he's got like almost hunger games level like fashion kind of yeah he's got yeah. some crazy awesome shoulder pads and like a very awesome very 90s like dress kind of jacket yeah it reminds me of rufus from yeah. bill and ted oh it's i can like, see that entirely it's like the huge oversized like overcoat but the sleeves are rolled up yeah because yeah. he's cool like that mm-hmm. now he is not the only famous-ish person in this film uh, it also stars Alyssa Milano as That's... you know Marion. Yeah, yeah. And she is uh, famous for being a ship in the Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, really? What do you mean? I didn't know that. Was the Milano. The of... No, oh. the, the ship's named after her. I didn't know oh. that. Yeah, because Peter Quill... That's like one of his yeah, early yeah. fun Earth memories. No, okay. Wait, what would he know her from? Because he boss? left the Earth. Oh, right, we're right. Who's the boss? I mean, mm-hmm. how could you forget that that TV show? They remind you of it later on <laughs> in the movie itself. I've actually never seen Who's the Boss. It was because you were, weren't in the country, I don't think, when it no, definitely not. was on TV. I'm also younger than you guys. Poor you child. missed out. I got to point that out. <laughs> yeah, well. She's also known for her work on the show Charmed. Yeah, I which think was, she was after on this. Many, many years. Yes. Right, yeah. I think she's in some new stuff now. There seems to be this like uh, this trend of like actors that haven't been in stuff for a while, but it's like now that they can play like these older roles. They're, they're like the up... mom of the teen heartthrob. Yeah, yeah. Like they're getting into like all of the you know streaming services, original well, series, and stuff like that. There's four billion shows now, so they need every <laughs> yeah, available actor yeah. to be in them. So don't quote me, but check back in. Now, our heroes of the film uh, are played by an unlikely duo or band of brothers. Um, we have... <laughs> pair of brothers. Pair of brothers. Uh, Scott Wolf. We have Scott Wolf. yes. Uh, apparently best known for what, what? shows I'm not as familiar with. But uh, he was uh, in Party of Five. Okay, right. I he was like the oldest brother guy, yeah, I think. Yeah. Oh. And then he was also on Everwood. Oh, yeah. So, I forgot about that show. Just, just kidding. I don't even know what that is. Uh, it's another Party of Five-esque show. Oh. Family drama thing. Kinda, yeah. yeah. I thought it sounded kind of supernatural. No. no. Maybe. I, I really don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mostly remember him from the cover of, like, teen magazines. Mm-hmm. That's all I know. Oh, me really, too. Really, like, <laughs> and the inside. Uh, you may <laughs> remember him from the time he hosted Saturday Night Live. Uh, oh, really? With musical oh. guest Natalie Imbruglia. Whoa. Because it was a very 90s episode. Apparently. I was going to say, this. he's perfect for this movie. Exactly. It, it might be the most 90s movie. If you're going by haircuts, it very well could be. Well, we can go by a lot more than haircuts in this film. But <laughs> we need to talk about the other brother in the film, because that was uh, Billy. Yeah. But Jimmy was played by Mark Allen DeCosos. And he's pretty awesome. Um, 
You may remember him, Abby, from Brotherhood of the Wolf. I know. I do remember enjoying that film when I saw it in the theater. Oh, yeah. It was pretty cool, very stylized. Yeah, it kind of um, innovated some action stuff because, you know, it would have the, um, you know, like slowed down. Well, it was, I think, a very Hong Kong action film uh, influenced, very uh, John Woo style. Yeah. But with a historical setting, so everybody wins. Yeah. But our, uh, so our uh, Jimmy from Double Dragon, his mm. character in that movie, he is the only like martial artist yes. yeah, in that they, movie. Yeah. yeah and so. in this movie as well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they claim it's a martial arts adventure, but it, it <laughs> that's really stretching the truth. I think. Yeah. It's more of a martial art adventure. Just the one art guy. <laughs> yeah. It's like one guy does some sometimes. And then the other guys all just kind of swing at each other or kind of wave objects in their the other person's direction. Yeah. Yeah. Harmless comedy combat. Yeah. Um, but, you know, a lot of people would also know this uh, actor, uh, Mark, as the nephew of Chairman Kaga because he was the host of the American Iron Chef. Oh, really? Oh, my gosh. I, yep, I can totally picture it in my mind. Yeah. Wow, what a what an accomplished gentleman. Mm-hmm. And I do like the fact that I wasn't a huge fan of the American Iron Chef because, because well, they don't have the insane a number of ingredients available to them. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. But also, I was uh, very pleased that they did at least bring over that weird fiction of the chairman <laughs> in the Iron <laughs> Chef Institute. Like, they really were like, yeah, I know it's the American one. We still have to pretend like it was real and that this is his nephew. Yeah, yeah. He's been given the orders to do this in the United States. Yeah, it's almost like a kind of a street fighter thing, but for... For or food. a kumite. Food it's like fight. a kumite, but for... <laughs> for food. For chefs. And yeah. the Japanese one really was. It was like amazingly ritualed and there is the like they would go through like well this dynasty of chefs has been defeated five times they have now sent the original master who trained the other five to come (laughs) paddle and regain the honor of the entire chef institute yeah like they weren't even cooking for money it wasn't they weren't on the show for money it was just for they refused yeah sometimes they would cook with money but not for (laughs) right um we would also recognize him in very recent work from uh, John Wick 3, Parabellum. Yeah, he is He's, one of the main bad guys, I think. He is uh, pretty much the main bad guy. He's, uh, I mean, well, I don't want to spoil it for anybody because it is pretty recent. So Right, right. But yeah, he's in there from beginning to end. Cool. And this movie was not popular when it came out. And it was uh, did, did not make a lot of money. It made $1,300,000 its opening weekend. Okay. And then its total final haul was two million three hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> wow. So what was it up against? I does does it matter? Well, what was its uh what was its budget? I don't know. I don't know. No one cares. <laughs> no, there's not enough information on the internet to tell me. Um, it Imperial I mean, Entertainment was so embarrassed they scrubbed it from the world before the internet was there. It, I think they did. Eat some fish, buttheads. So Eric. What's your personal history with this movie? Well, I thought I had possibly seen it uh, on TV because I did watch part of it at some point. But uh, upon uh, watching it now, I realized I never watched the entire thing. Just maybe the middle to the end. Yeah, I was kind of in the same boat. Like, I know I didn't see it in 1994. I do remember commercials for it and thinking, that looks stupid. Yeah, at that point, I had like an actual taste uh, yeah, a films. little. I mean, it was, I, I had already been burnt by Super Mario Brothers and a few other movies, so I knew. I was like, I'm, well, I'm not I was giving a it a go. burgeoning film snob at that point. I was a full 13-year-old <laughs> and uh, was not going to have any of this movie in a the theater, for sure. It's trash. But, you know, once I got older, probably in college, when I actually had cable uh, readily available, 
I think it was one of those things where I was like, I got to watch this now that it's on TNT or whatever it I, was. Yeah, I feel like I remember watching it, ironically, at some point. Now, I have was going to say. Is yeah. that how you've seen it? No, I saw it in the theater. Oh, excellent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Now, was this a base theater? Yeah, base theater, so, so uh, didn't you had come the, out. You get the full uh, national anthem before the show. Standing at attention mm-hmm. for the entire national anthem and watching a montage of military Service people stuff yeah, yeah. I, I remember those yeah. wonderful intros so that also means that uh even though seeing it in the theater it's sort of like how dollar theaters work where yes. it's like it comes out way later but <laughs> it's yeah. a little cheaper on base it's a little cheaper yeah and easy to get to because bases are small yeah so went to see this with my two brothers i don't actually remember anything about it okay from, it, it from like, that watching it, it i, I remember zero embed itself into your place. yeah like when uh <laughs> when it was brought up you know watch it and talk about it yeah i just remembered that it existed gotcha and that was it right but, on. yeah it's sunday you're watching the raiders gladiators game on tv and suddenly the house collapses how embarrassing but it's not your fault it's everybody's fault that's why you got to go to jack city where you can choose from hundreds of decorator colors so remember <laughs> if you didn't buy from us you don't know jack city so then what was your more recent experience with this film Oh, well, I watched it um, day before yesterday. Was it with this gentleman? It was with this gentleman. That's right. Full disclosure. Yeah. The film is available um, if you have Amazon Prime. Then you can inflict it on your entire family like I did. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, I, I too, watched it. I watched it with all of them. Uh, My daughter, who did not want to watch it, I I made her watch it. And the funniest part was, is of course, uh, she's eight years old. She's the only one that really, truly enjoyed the film. Right, right. Because this is a children's film. You're not yeah. alone, B. You're not alone, no, B. No, uh, th- that's something that I realized now watching yeah. it, you know, where I was like, oh, this is for little, this really is for kids, like. It's not like a movie that straddles the line, I, and I guess we'll get to that, but um, I don't know, did you guys uh, watch it at night? Did you have the full popcorn experience and everything? It was uh, technically night. Actually, it yeah. was, uh, so it's Friday night after work. We're old, so we still want to go to bed early. So when we saw the runtime, which is an hour and 36 minutes, we were it's like, very nice. wow, it's doable. Cause yeah. Yeah. nowadays that's how I can convince the rest of the family to watch. <laughs> it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's basically watching like two episodes of something. Right. And, uh, it was a matinee for us. Um, everyone was tired after lunch and, uh, <laughs> just sitting around and then I got him. I got him with this movie. <laughs> In our top story tonight, it's daylight savings time again. Now make sure you set your clocks one hour ahead tonight or tomorrow evening you may accidentally find yourself out after curfew. I always get them mixed up, whether to go forward or backward. (laughs) (laughs) That's great, Anna. (laughs) Andy, how's it look out there? Oh, you two are crazy. Well, here we are in general chat, and I'd just like to start by saying that, yes, Nick, I didn't realize until this viewing that this movie is all is a movie made for children and really yeah. without the giving any thought to teenagers or parents that we might be watching it with them. Right. I feel like it was going for a more Power Rangers vibe than... Oh, Three Ninjas, that yeah, whole kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, like, because I, I remember thinking that, you know, it was the movie was dumb and, you know what I mean, as a 14-year-old and then I guess later as a 19-year-old, like, this is so ridiculous, this is, you know, but now I'm like, no, I get it. Like, it's uh, it just wasn't for me, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was surprised um, that it was uh, rated PG-13, because after watching it... I, I didn't realize yeah. it was at all. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I, I was. I remember thinking, I was like, oh, PG-13, this will probably have something in it, but... Yeah. I'm, I cannot, for the life of me, imagine any reason why this yeah. is rated PG-13. Not language. 
not because they one cuss word they almost say they cut off. Yes, yeah, pretty pretty famously. And yeah, the violence in this movie is uh, absurd. I mean, the way we talked about it earlier, there is one martial artist in the film, or one and a half, uh, the lady that plays their their surrogate mother. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, Is that what she is? We'll get to that. Yeah, I don't. You know, and you know, we got uh, Jimmy who can do some martial arts. He can flip a little bit. And then you have a wide cast of other stuntmen that are just swinging wild yeah, at each yeah. other all the time. Which we should mention that there are two stuntmen, martial arts movie choreographers that are way too good for this movie. Like they are out of this movie's league. Yes. But yeah. We'll get to them too. And this movie is, uh, well, about the characters from the arcade game and NES series Double Dragon. Barely. Which you heard us talk about at least two of them so far on the show. But they do take a lot of liberties with the world and storyline and the characters even. So, so much so that I almost wonder if this was some other movie mm-hmm. that, you know, they were later like, hey, we got Double Dragon, slap it on there. Even though, I mean, in 94, Double Dragon's kind of passed its prime as a brand. Yeah, definitely so. And the movie itself is really weird because... They decided to set this movie in the near post-apocalyptic future. Yeah, 2007. Well, that's when the giant earthquake happened. The big the, one. Oh, okay. And this movie takes place some short time after that. Yeah, a couple years or something. I mean, there's future technology in this this movie. Yeah, yeah. That is very futuristic looking with that awesome mid-90s CGI. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, that is my favorite part of this movie, is actually the setting and like their weird uh, multi-gang universe, a la the Warriors. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's like if the Warriors was for small children. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Warriors Light or junior. so you have these <laughs> gangs like uh, the Clowns, the Mohawks. Yeah. Well, uh, really, and really by gangs, you mean like three or four extras that are dressed and they're in all the scenes. Like you'll see them all over and over the same, you know, which in a way is pretty faithful to the video games. <laughs> it is. Uh, there's the well-dressed gang members. I don't know what their gang is, but there's like a couple guys yeah. in like suits and, and sweater vests. Well, there, yeah, there's like um, a scene with all the gangs and stuff. And you see all these like like half of the people look like they're from Mad Max. And then there are just a couple people who are like, I'm just wearing a t-shirt with some acid wash jeans tucked mm-hmm. in. You know, like it was so funny. Like Leather then, jacket with studs, maybe. And then there is a mailman. Yeah, a recurring mailman villain. But yeah. there's no other mailman gang members. That's what really bothers me. Like, I wanted there to be a whole gang of mailmen. There's other job gang men, though. So wait, is there a gang of just jobs? Jobs. The employees. Uniform jobs. <laughs> oh, yeah, I didn't get you, it. Yeah, you hardly see them. And plus there's like what were so... The, did, can you remember any of the other jobs that were... I'm trying to think. I'm trying like to think. Construction no. worker. I think one of them was an a chef. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. Chef. Mm-hmm. A construction but, worker. Uh, yeah. yeah, this movie, I think, dress. hired a total of 70 people, and you see all of them all the time. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty funny. No one's ever truly gone that, no in this movie. really gone. Never. And then, even, even the mailman. Even the mailman. He comes back a few times. Now, yeah, after some, well, whatever. <laughs> now, uh, this movie does feature some really good explosions. Yes. They're the best part of this movie. Some t- yes. And none of them at logical points where you'd be like, oh, yeah, that would explode like yeah. that. Like a speedboat is full of uranium or something. I don't know. Well, I got some news for you. That entire boat sequence was filmed in Ohio, our great state, oh, on the whoa. Cuyahoga River. No, up north. no way really uh yes because some other scenes were and if you pay close attention we all noticed at my house uh 
and when the cops are leaving their building or like whatever one of the big stone buildings, there's an Ohio flag flying out front of it. Oh no, kidding! Outside the pris the outside the precinct. Yes. Oh my gosh. Uh, and Didn't you know, notice. for those of you who are not uh, Ohioans, it's an easy to spot flag because it's the only state flag that is a pennant shaped flag That's right, yeah. and not um, a rectangle. So I just was like, hey, there we they're go. still in Ohio when they shot that part. Well, you know, they came here to shoot because we actually have flammable water in Ohio. <laughs> Especially so back you, then. You could use it uh, for a special effect as well. And apparently that explosion was all there as well. And they had, like, warned people for, like, weeks. But then uh, when it happened, they still got an insane amount of 911 calls because that explosion is gigantic. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, very impressive. You know, and then on the other hand, the CGI in this movie, not impressive. It's used in a really weird way. It's, like, always on a computer, but it just looks so, like, rebooty. That stuff, oh, yeah, it's really crude. Um, like Virtual reality. Like it's, it's, yeah. it's really hard to believe when you're like, I have seen better polygons, even in 94, you know yeah. what I mean, Like than this. Yeah, Hold like, on, when, need... did, when did Lawnmower Man come out? Ooh. I don't know. I mean, I do love me some Dr. Laszlo. But... Well, <laughs> the, uh, so the, the computer animation in this... I would guess came first because it's so much worse. Yeah, but I think it just could be the fact that uh, Imperial Entertainment Group did not want to put the money into well, good-looking you know, CGI. because some of the – I was actually kind of impressed with the – say in the boat scene, like the just the background, like where it's all the fake skyline. And those are matte paintings. Yeah, and it looks it looks a little cheesy, but it was way better than I thought it would be. You yes, know? and there are times where our villain turns into – the shadow creature that yeah. looked really good. I a lot of that's hand-drawn, though. The yeah. good-looking part is when it's drawn. I see. Yeah, because this, this movie is very obviously film. Yes. When you see, like, all of the, the snowflakes oh, and yeah, it's a, awesome. a cigarette burner, too. <laughs> but, yeah, it just looks like, um, you know, just video effects. Yeah. There's some definite stereotypes Yeah. in the movie, too. Like... Like a Bobo's. Like a Bobo's. <laughs> <laughs> we all know what those look like. Well, it's... Like this movie does is I feel like it's four movies or something. You know what I mean? Like like it has too many main characters. I don't know. It's it's like confused. I get we'll talk about it as we go through. I guess, but it's it's just such a weird mishmash of these different stories, kind of. You know? Yeah. But like half of them don't even pay off. Like like Bobo. That's what like you think in the end he's gonna come back to save them. No, he just tells them like a tip. He just shows up like I, and then it's just like it's so weird. I don't know. It's a strange. Strange movie. Well, then I think we should probably get into this movie. Yeah, I think you're right. Never seen a postman move that fast. Well, this is the part of the show where we take the movie plot point by plot point, and this movie is very uh, weirdly paced, so we're not going to go scene by scene by scene. Right, right. We're going to go over the general things that happen in this film, and the film starts out in somewhere in China. Somewhere in China. Yeah. Just randomly. Not just China. Could be anywhere. Somewhere. And you're in, like, some very uh, rustic village that seems to be inhabited solely by monks? Yeah, something, yeah. All bald, all bald men in robes in robes and they're being slaughtered these are not kung fu monks <laughs> right no they're real monks they're the peaceful kind <laughs> and what's great is that uh there's the entire opening sequence is someone is trying to find an amulet 
We don't know who. They're all hooded up and very yeah. mysterious. They're trying to find a medallion. A medallion. I'm sorry. And uh, if it wasn't for this one monk, they never would have found it. But he, for some reason, runs straight to the secret medallion, leading everyone there. <laughs> and it's hidden in a cave full of candles. Which looked amazing. So many candles that as a, a film person, I thought, man, that was a lot of people that had to run around that set lighting candles for these shots. Yeah, yeah and get them all the, at the same height, you know? Or just even have them all lit is pretty amazing because there's a couple thousand, it looked like. And the the floor was like a pool, a, a mystical pool of water, too. Ooh. So There are a few times in this film, like with that scene or scenes in the police precinct, where I was like, a competent person like was the director of photography. Like someone actually cared about composition at some times and like lighting yeah and i was like these are cool shots yeah this is that's no exaggeration like within the first couple of scenes of the movie i was impressed by (laughs) by what was on the screen what i was looking at yeah Mm -hmm. uh but then people act and then you're much less impressed (laughs) or you yeah and then you see yeah because they're working with you know uh the medallion is taken by the evil masked man Mm -hmm. but that's what our first big reveal she takes the hood off. It's not a man. It's a woman. It's Linda Lash, our yeah. first video game character. That's right, yeah. And the actress is from General Hospital, I think. Okay. She didn't pop up my, my radar for well, research. Well, no, because that's why later in the movie, spoilers, Marion's like, generally, I put people in the hospital. Ooh. Oh, and her retort is, who's the boss no, now? yeah, that was her, yeah, so that that was, yeah. Oh, that's even worse than I thought it was. <laughs> yeah, it's like two levels, man. I have to go back and watch those shows then. Yeah, you should, yeah. all of it. For... I need to go back and watch both of those shows so I get that reference. You totally need to watch all 30 years of General Hospital, <laughs> or 40 or whatever it is. Now, that reveal was lame to begin with, but what's worse is that her character in the video games is just like a lady with a whip that hits you. Yeah, it's not. she's not some crazy weird, I guess, ninja or I don't know. And she's not involved with any of the bosses or the main bad guy. No, I mean, you just got a name and a whip, I guess. And they something. do give her the whip, so that is something. But then, once she has the medallion, she reports to her boss using a briefcase that opens up and has its own... I was going to oh, say small, yeah. but it's actually a giant like satellite dish <laughs> yes. in, a, in a keyboard that's it, it's not... Very ergonomic. An ergonomic keyboard, yeah, yes. Yeah. I was I was actually kind of impressed by the keyboard, but then anytime they show us what happens on the screen, all that impressiveness yeah. is gone. Yeah, it's rough. Yeah, again, just the visuals of the movie, impressive. Yeah. Uh, and then we get to meet our main characters, Bimmy, I mean Billy, and <laughs> Jimmy Lee. Yes, they are in it. Like an underground, like a tag team karate But it's in like a contest. gym, so it's not really that underground. Yeah, and there's points and judges. Oh, well, and a trophy. So yeah, no, I don't think I, it's underground at all. I, yeah, I meant, yeah. It looks like an underground fight because it's like uh, bleachers. Yeah, and dusty there's air. Dusty, it's just like shafts of light yeah. coming in, and they're all like sweaty. And I don't know, are there any rules to it? But, I mean, somehow there's points and referees. And I do and... like their costumes at this point. They're very Street Fighter-esque, but they're also super, like, worn. Like, you get a feel that these guys don't have any money, that they're right, just, right. like scrappy dudes. Yeah. But then they start acting while they're fighting, and it's all over. for. Well, for and it's just like, on. it's the classic where... Billy is like the impulsive one, right? Oh yeah, he's just a goofy dude. So you know, like he he like tags himself in when the other dude's doing all right, and then takes you know he screws up the fight by being a goofball basically. And he gets it's... disqualified, and they are out of the tournament. Yeah. And then uh, one of the, the winners mouth off to them, but they can't let that stand, or at oh, least oh no, Billy can't. Mm-hmm. So 
Hey, loose cannon. They get in a big old brawl, and then I guess the entire room just decides to join the fight. Well, why not, man? It's That's what happens. And another thing real quick is that this, at one point, there was a tremor or something, and then so they have one guy who's like a little person oh, yeah, operating so a giant, like, nomadic house jack or whatever and this is like the first of a few appearances of this weird like future tech or what they could people have to use these to hold their houses up but what that does not make any sense it's so weird yeah there are weird supports all over the city on buildings and just jacks in every building you go into holding parts (laughs) of it up well we forgot to mention that before we you know enter the the fight scene before we we get a shot uh entering into new angeles oh yes so many years after the big one my favorite city name from that is la canada (laughs) yeah i saw that one on the news old york old york yeah but i think what you're talking about is that commercial yeah, the commercial for like the uh, the handymen that have the jacks. jacks. It's what is it? Their company is like New Jack City or something or something like that. Yeah, it's some some horrible jack pun. Yeah, I actually did kind of like that commercial. <laughs> I did too. It reminded me of uh, RoboCop. Yeah, it was a little oh, kiddish, yeah. but it was definitely tongue in cheek in a way that it wasn't too bad. Yeah, yeah, satirical. It was good, but yeah, it's just um, another thing that's cool about the setting and the world of Double Dragon that, um, you know, adaptations to life after the big one and getting to, I I wish we could expand on that more. Yeah. Like, um, so they leave that tournament and they are in a car that is like a station wagon that is now fitted to burn trash to move. Well, before that, we should say that, um, you know, when they're in the, uh, in the fight in the arena, they also have their, uh, level-headed surrogate mother who actually, I thought she was one of their girlfriends at first. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. They do not define her relationship well. Yeah. Well, when their, their, their dad died, that was, I guess their only caretaker. She promised him that she would take care of the boys and the medallion and the medallion. Yeah, yeah. Well, so yeah, we should say that then that she is ringside with them during their uh, you know, their their prize prize fighting match. So she's there on the sidelines. She's like, "Watch your sweep kick." And, yeah. And uh yelling out advice like she's a, you know, martial arts expert, but she uh is very obviously wearing the medallion. Always. Yes. Outside yeah, of her shirt, it's, just... it's huge. It's gold. Wearing that on the sidelines of this fight that breaks out into a brawl because like New Angeles is so lawless. It's crazy because also we have been told or we find out that you can only be out during the day. There's there's a curfew curfew. and at night the gangs just rule the city. Because of some truce that they never explicitly tell you about but just kind of infer about, you know, uh, throughout the movie. Yeah, the chief of police has some kind of deal like the police get the day, the gangs get the night. I want to get back to their car though because I love this future station wagon. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's all souped up. It has like a big fire rocket jet on the top back. But, but most of all, it's just great because it is really just a station wagon. Yeah, yeah. With like extra tubes on it. It's, it's uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it, yeah, that's how it operates is tubes. There's tubes, tubes and you feed trash into some sort of port. Fire. In the middle of the Yeah, of it's the right car. there beside you. Yeah, there's like a, yeah, it's in like a. console. It's great. Yeah, there's just like a cylinder of fire between the driver and the passenger in the mm. front seat. Always. I, uh, <laughs> but and then they're quickly chased by... A gang. A gang, yeah. Yeah, yeah they get they get into a skirmish the, with the Mohawks. Yeah. The leader of the Mohawks, a Bobo, and his yeah. goofy little henchman, which Bo is like... Bo-a-Bobo. Bo-a-Bobo. Uh, chase them around the city. At one point, they uh, 
They throw a map to cover up the windshield in a really ridiculous fashion. Uh, and mm-hmm. well, also they're following them because with this uh, Boa Bobo has this like computer like Pokédex. Like he's using it and it tells them like this is Billy and Jimmy Lee. What and are their like? They have little stats and stuff. Yeah. Like Anytime you profile. look someone up on that computer, their face morphs morphs from a ball into that face. Yeah, and it's yeah. horrible. It's yeah. bizarre. And it's the black background with mm-hmm. like green. Oh, yeah. Green font. But not only do uh, the the Mohawks do they have that uh, equipment, but so do the Double Dragons. So does Jimmy and Billy it's in their station fu- wagon. Future tech. Yeah, yeah they yeah. just like flip down the the sun flap, and there's like. They can look up the Mohawks. They're like, oh, it's the Mohawks. They're like, oh, okay, it's the Mohawks. Now this sequence, and then uh, this sequence in the blind chase where they throw the map and it somehow just adheres to the front of the driver's side of the Abobo's car. But then he's able to navigate by using this, like, camera (laughs) that then makes a computer graphic. Yeah. On the screen that he's using to drive, and it's with a, very jo- much a joystick. Like, I was like, "Was well, this the Mark V or what?" Like, and it. Uh, so I feel like this is a scene where they were like, "Yeah, you know, like video games. Put in some stats. Yeah. You can show a guy with a joystick playing it, and they make the the one dude even makes a joke like, do 'Don't you play video games? Give me the controller.' Is yeah. his little henchman, but and when they um and then when they uh when they activate that the video uh capability video driving capability, you see the camera come up. From the the roof of the car, yeah, or the the big truck, and it's on like a thick pole, and that camera is so huge, like oh, they yeah. could, <laughs> like it's this is all fake and made up, and they could not fathom. We'd like, have a tiny a camera, camera, yeah, being yeah, any smaller than like a, a a handheld camcorder. It's unimaginable. Uh, so at some point, they use some cheese whiz to supercharge their engine and yeah. kind of get away for a while. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, but they corner themselves in an alley. And a Bobo is going to come beat them up. But luckily for them, they're saved by the guardian angels of the city. Yeah, the power core. Yeah, the power core, yeah. And I got to say, as much as I love the power core, they have a bad logo department. Because that like <laughs> electricity man that's their mascot, not having it. Oh, no, right, yeah. No. But they do have cool outfits. I'll yeah. say. Well, previously, we didn't see them there in the alley. Like, the brothers get out, they argue. Um, and, uh, well, actually, we should say... That one of the things they uh, save them from, from a Bobo, is at one point in time, he walks up to their station wagon and Satori is in the backseat. Her window's rolled down and uh, a Bobo just reaches his hand in and grabs that medallion. Like that's how careful she is with it, that someone can reach through the car window and snatch it off of her neck. But then luckily, yeah, the power core shows up, who previously we didn't see because they were camouflaged. Like graffiti. Graffiti. All their clothes are graffitied out. Yeah, they have like rain jackets, ponchos or whatever on that are painted like graffiti. So even their shows gloves. Them, like, turn around, you're like, oh, whoa, man. But uh, they are like the Robin Hoods, I guess, of this world. Yeah, they're they're led by Marion, who is, you know, Alyssa Milano. She comes out and... And in the video games, she was just the hapless girlfriend. Yeah, kidnapped. Constantly kidnapped. Famously punched in the stomach. <laughs> Very famously. <laughs> in the early, the first game, I think. Yeah, I'm sure Alyssa Milano was like, that's the part I want to play. <laughs> they do beef up her role a little bit. Oh, yeah. And, and they know, do save the day, and you get to see a little bit of the flirtation between her and Billy. And she seems to be the most competent character also. In uh, but then ways. right away, the head of the Mohawks, Abobo, is just at the bad guy's like f- building. He's just at the yeah. headquarters of the oh, main yeah. bad cuts, guy. Cuts, cuts straight there. And he's like, hey, uh, I know where that medallion is. I screwed up. And you're like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, Shuko's like... Uh... 
some connected with all of the gangs somehow. So for some reason, a Bobo knew instantly to go tell him about the medallion. Have, yeah, go tell him about the medallion. And then at this, well, there was a scene earlier where he just talks about it with him, but or at least with Linda. And uh, but then, so does he go? What's the next where he uh, Shuko goes to make the gang meeting? Um, no. So then we get back to their house, which is an abandoned theater. And oh, they just right, park right. their car in the street. I love that part. First of yeah, yes, you're you're a bizarre souped up car. It's just in the street, like out there. Nobody doesn't Which, give a also you were trapped in that alley. How did they get out that car out of the alley? Yeah, well, because yeah. They got trapped in the alley because they hit a, a stack of cardboard boxes. But there was yeah, oh. I, I thought it was at the end of it. But maybe you're right. Maybe it was all just a no, fake because, out from the power stackers. Yeah. 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 From the power core. That's that's <laughs> the other reason why I don't get how this movie is PG thirteen and not PG, because nobody hits anything of consequence. It's always no. just piles of trash, paper, cardboard. Well, and their house is just also full of trash and piles of paper and cardboard. Well, and it's, scaffolding. Lots of scaffolding. And like nets and things made of like It looks like they're training for the American gladiators in there. Yeah, I was gonna <laughs> say it looks like an obstacle course for like a kid's they have like a net wall they've got like, all the things to go yeah. well this this is first the first thing that came to my mind when they went in was it reminds me of the bad guys in the teenage mutant ninja turtles film the first one no that's what that's they're like hideout where it's like it's just like this big like area with all this like crazy stuff to me like that a kid you I know as a that. kid i would have been like oh this is awesome there's all this stuff to climb on and and that's not the only thing they stole from the ninja turtles because eventually we'll be at the place where shredder talks to all the yeah, foot oh, yeah. Clan. well and yeah, like f- it's like the foot hideout split in two yeah like the good guys get the fun half and the bad guys get the right, serious right. Half. it's it's no, crazy it's like every everybody's headquarters is a foot clan headquarters <laughs> yeah the dude so billy and jimmy live in the theater obstacle course yes yeah. and uh so that's like the foot hangout and then later we're gonna see two other foot clan hideouts true yes and, but here uh we get to meet you know, we, we get to understand a little bit of their relationship to the lady, their sibling rivalry, a little bit about the medallion. Their confusing exposition. Like, like to me, where I'm like, they spend so much time on this medallion when it's just a magic thing. You could make up anything. Yes. Uh, and then there's weird things that are not explained at all. Like, how are they? Re- are they real brothers? Are they, you know, like, what the <laughs> hell happened? But one's Asian and one's not. Uh, yeah, like, something doesn't, you know, I don't know. But they just don't even acknowledge that stuff. They're just like, push through. Yes, and then out of nowhere, at the front door, shows up our main bad guy. Yep, and then the first uh, face-down slash action scene. Yeah, because he has with him two uh, Asian sidekicks. Oh, yeah, the then these guys are from uh, Big Trouble in Little China, right? Yeah, Jeff Imada and Al Leong. Yeah, yeah and they yeah. are never used in this film. They are too, no! They are too good for this movie. Yeah, well, I totally they, thought, I was like, all right, we're going to get some karate now. The bad guys have showed up. Instead, they just kind of run around in a slapstick manner yeah. through all the obstacles. Yep. Yeah. It is very disappointing. It's, uh, yeah, it is very a goofy. goofy. Yeah, yeah. Um, the main villain fights with their mother figure a bit and some very poor, badly choreographed kung fu-ish moves. Yeah, yeah. And, she... and then we get to see his first use of powers, I think, there. Mm-hmm. He turns into the shadow man and takes her over. Yeah. Unbeknownst to our heroes. Oh, yeah. It's a cool effect, too. It reminds me of Ghost, like the yeah. bag, the bad ghosts and ghosts anyway yeah it's like a peter pan shadow mm-hmm. um that can do stuff yeah but anything really it can move yeah. it can pick stuff up it, it can, can take possess bodies a, it yeah. can play a piano as it, it can play the piano by. as it runs away oh, yeah. um and it possesses their mother figure she 
They figure it out and lock her into the flimsiest cage of all time. Yep, chain link uh, storage. Yeah. yeah, and it's really very thin looking. Uh, oh yeah, posts yeah. and metals all over. But mm-hmm. but then the bad guys come and they're like, "We're gonna catch this place on fire." And I was like, "Oh, because earlier they opened a gas main." But no, not because of that at all. They're pouring gasoline. Yeah, yeah. Because they brought a bunch of gasoline. They don't even like... notice the, the, or the gas. You yeah. know, it's like the good guys notice it later. It's just a happy accident. And maybe to explain why the explosion is so insane <laughs> later on. Yeah. Well, then, so then, uh, yeah, so their mother figure trapped in the chain link thing. All three of them are like... We got to get her out. ...thrashing and tugging on it, and they and can't like, do it. Anyone, any adult human could have broken part of that or open. Climb. Well, and she, she does. does. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but then it's totally wasted because she's like, no, I have to stay here and fight the shadow man or and hold him. lose yeah. to him, I guess. And you guys run away. And she pushes them out the door and then locks it. And for no reason. Yeah. She just sacrifices herself. Possibly because she just didn't want to be in the rest of this movie. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. She is wiser than we all knew. Um, and the shadow man, of course, runs away. And then we get a wonderful shot of our brothers running from the building in slow motion to a huge uh explosion with lots of great shrapnel oh uh, yeah 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 that fireball was amazing it was uh, from uh, beginning to end i was like what well, yeah, and it really seemed to have a lot of like you said shrapnel pieces of wood and stuff where i was like man that looks pretty realistic i guess i don't know <laughs> I, I was really take uh, whoever they hired to do the pyro for this movie they got their money's worth we'll put it there I yeah was, yeah i was worried about the stunt guys running away from yeah. that explosion <laughs> i was like i i hope they're not that close to it because they were probably both concussed they, they've got families <laughs> um so yeah then the the brothers regroup jump in their station wagon regroup by the river yeah yep have and a touching scene there uh, I think we also have some exposition from the bad guy saying he's going to turn all the gangs out to go find them. Yeah, that's where he has that scene where he goes to all the gangs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Foot Clan. Very Warriors-ish. And uh, he, there is a gang leader there. And uh, the actor there, um, I didn't do my research to find out, but he is in tons of old horror movies. Oh, yeah. He's yeah. like the Hills Have Eyes guy? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He looks weird. And that's why. He's like, they're like, yeah. we need a mutiny-looking guy. He's like, I'll do it. Yeah, <laughs> my, my eyes are slightly... Like, I've got the afternoon free. I'm only in one scene. Like, did you call uh, Ron Howard's brother? <laughs> <laughs> and um, so he takes over the gangs, and yeah. they very quickly are like, all right, he killed one guy. We should yeah. all follow him. Well, he shadow power kills that guy. Like, he does. Yeah, so yeah. they all saw his magic. So, they so after that, and they're all hanging out in the place where Shredder talks to his minions. Mm-hmm. It's just like a coliseum of scaffolding yeah yeah and greats mm-hmm. uh but then after that we're at the waterfront the boys are like we gotta we gotta find a safe place we gotta go somewhere and little do they know they're walking into a sea of all the gang members well before that so yeah they're riverside and uh billy's like sitting uh, on the edge of the river and he's got like a fishing tackle box out and I remember seeing that and being like, "What? what is he planning on doing? Like, are they that hungry they have to fish in this? No, it had, like, memories in it. It had, like, photos oh. and stuff. Yeah, and then they the stole other... that scene from The Wizard. Yeah. Oh, it did have fishing line in it. But it did. Well, yeah, he kept that part. But the brother callously threw the rest of it into the water. Mm-hmm. They have a little spat. Yep. And then they walk into the, the Sea of Thieves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this begins a big wacky, them getting so chased, wacky. you know? A lot so of many people... people Going under things, things getting slammed into them. Well, it's like a it's like a huge uh, junkyard kind it's, of thing, like yeah. discarded cars. And... Well, it reminds me of a Jackie Chan fight. Yeah. Yes. If uh, no one 
with any martial arts experience was in the fight. Like every cool thing Jackie Chan would do is instead like a guy wildly swinging a bowling pin. Yeah. 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 Or, you know, stomping on like a, a weird like fulcrum lever pole to, to bash like three guys in the nuts. All at once. Like, right in the business. And then the other guy sees it and it hurts him too. He's like, oh. Yeah. It's well, comedic genius. It's gold, baby. We do get a couple flips. Yeah. We get a jump from a high height and it's this is the first appearance of our mailman. Oh, yeah. When he leaps from the top of this, like, water tower or whatever yeah, it is, it's, it's... he just jumps off towards our heroes, Billy and Jimmy, and just lands on the ground. So we're like, oh, okay, that's the last we're going to see of this guy that tried something. Yeah, and I think he even has a catchphrase he yells, like, something about the male. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's just weird because I thought he was dead because the fall was from, a like, 40 or 50 feet. Like, it was way up there. Yes. So, but this is really just a cartoon. Yeah. 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 Um, no. Yeah, no because one's ever really hurt. You're, every, yeah, yeah, everyone hits someone and they just get knocked down. Yeah, if you're touched, you're out. If you're yeah. tagged, you're out of the fight. And luckily for our heroes, even though there's about 40, 50 people after them, they all take turns. Mm-hmm. Or there's only one person close enough to ever well, do any kind of damage to them. Queensbury rules, so you yeah. take turns. Mm-hmm. And they are chased into a waterfront shed, a boathouse of some sort. Yeah, they hole up in there and the guys are like slowly... Kicking it down, which is, you know, nobody uses tools in this. It's all, hands. well, I, I've in got fact, my hands and feet, so we'll beat our way through this shack. A couple guys get onto the roof and then just start yeah, be- yeah. beating up the roof. It's so awesome. Yeah, just I, like punching. I love those guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're like, those guys are dumb, but we've got it figured out. Um, there is a disturbing part where someone breaks a hole in it and one guy looks through. Yeah. And when, the, when the guys catch him, they very violently shove a host into that guy's yeah. eyeball it's like a yeah. broom handle and it like goes right in his eye right? luckily like, he turns he's like owie and instead of like screaming in agony and dying yeah, like yeah his eye was just burst into goo well he's the um he's the mohawk henchman yeah that he keeps showing up and he's more and more beat right. up every time we see him but yeah so that's like i think that's his second injury. His running gags yeah and... now in that place they are trapped and they think maybe this motorcycle might save them but it just breaks apart. Mm-hmm. And then they finally decide, hey, let's look under the tarp yeah. in the middle of the water. Yeah, since it's a boathouse, what could it be? And it's a boat. And they're very surprised and very excited. And they boat away yeah. to safety. Or so you'd think. But luckily for the bad guys, there was a boat gang nearby too. Yeah, something. So, so now you get a huge boat chase. With two guys in like future jet skis. Yeah, yeah all black. And they're wearing all black Yes. You know, helmets. And the jet skis have a cannon off the front of them. Yeah. But it doesn't shoot bullets. Yeah. It it looks like it's a a gun barrel, like for a huge, you know, like for a big vehicle. (laughs) But when you see what's fired from it. It's so ridiculous. They're missiles. It's a model rocket. It's like an SD's model rocket painted black. But man, do they pack a punch. They do, because they just blow up everything near it. Eventually setting the river on fire, because as we know, the water is flammable. Yes, and then our heroes drive into a sign and explode. Well, before yeah, before the river catches on fire, like through their chase, you see where the sea levels have risen. Oh, yeah. Because of, you know. Oh, yeah, that's because true. Because we didn't take care of the environment. The sea levels are like up to like there are overpasses that are like yeah just well, a few feet above the, the water theater. now. And the news tells us that at some point the sea level yeah. will be up to so many so to certain such. Well, streets. this is oh, where yeah. you know the no. background was pretty good. Yeah, you know, yeah. You know? Now and you're then, talking about the newscast with yeah. The, let's talk about the news here because it was yeah. actually my other favorite part. Yeah, of the it was show. too. Uh, so our two newscasts are like okay. So our newscast team for Channel 69. I know uh, <laughs> New Angeles. Maybe that's 
why it was PG-13. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so uh, our team consists of uh, Vanna White, George, yes. ha- George uh, Hamilton. And they are your newscasters, and they aren't playing people. They are they playing are themselves. themselves. Yeah, yeah. And they're, they always have like a comment on some other great story like Madonna... Uh, oh no, Madonna uh, married to Tom Arnold in uh, oh, old, yeah. the city of Old York. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the most surprising thing of all was the weathermen. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I totally did not have any clue this was about to happen. Yeah, when yeah. I saw it's, it, I it's died. Andy Dick him, playing himself, and he's real goofy, and he's like, "There's going to be a, a black rain coming, so get your umbrellas out." And yeah, and then you see, but then you see people like uh, you know seeing the seeing the news and then grabbing their gear they're like oh man to deal with it the like smog's coming face in masks and yeah yeah because yeah. all the cities are full of like smog fans on the top of buildings there are like air stations like kiosks around and stuff and that's the part that's like the best part of the movie yeah and that I news report that. like man that that got me every time yeah, it's like you know robocop lightish you know it's got yeah. that that vibe. this is basically robocop for kids i guess <laughs> yeah uh but you know the end of that boat sequence our heroes are super- presumably dead and by all accounts they should be yeah Yeah. explosion it's another huge uh like block sized fireball all they do is drive their boat through a sign like yep that's it and then it just i remember being like what on earth happened and then it's just them they're all they were underwater they're underwater i guess it just shows them kind of swimming and then they have a weird swimming talk and then swim to the shore and then they gotta they gotta find a place to go and they say figure out they have to go to the power Power core, yeah. Their secret hideout. Yeah. Which is in like a water treatment plant or something? Yeah, something. It's it's a really big, like it's it's a, this is the real Foot Clan hideout because it's got so much like, this is the cool place for the cool good guys, you know, all these like. Kids have no place to go anymore. Like big nets, like all, you know, like a big net made of tires and stuff hanging where it's. it's oh, they just, have an arcade. An arcade, yeah. It's got a bunch of cool, like, it's like, this is where the cool place to hang out. Yeah. Sadly, they've graffitied over all of the marquees in the side, so it's hard to tell what games they are. Mm-hmm. The only one you can truly see is Double Dragon. Oh, yeah. Well, we should say, so Billy and Jimmy are headed here because they seek sanctuary, and they're hoping they'll get it from Marion, which we know about her. Okay, so she has that short blonde haircut, but then we see her at home. Oh, yeah. She's got to wear a wig during the day to disguise herself. Because her her dad. Because her dad is the chief of the police. Whoa. Yeah. Needlessly. That whole thing is... The whole plot does not need to be there. Like It does not affect anything or pay off at all. Or the scene or anything like that. She's got a little brother that might tell on her. Which... That's actually her little brother. Oh, good Corey, for him. Corey Milano. I'm glad he got a paycheck for this yeah. movie. No <laughs> kidding. We're good for him. Well, who else got a paycheck for this scene would be the art department because oh, yeah. that box of Rice Krispies on the table that, you know, they're eating and enjoying, snap, crackle, and pop. Well, first of all, they're called Shuko Krispies. Because yeah. Shuko runs everything. Yeah. And uh, snap, crackle, and pop are dressed like Shuko. They have yeah. like those rectangular Oh, I didn't shades, even notice that. Black jackets. Yeah. Excellent. Sweet. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna make amazing. that prop for my house. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna go right next to my uh, Goonies copper bones oh. and my uh, Men in Black uh, noisy cricket. <laughs> Hot dog. So this uh, children's hangout factory Wonderland uh, is where they're going to stage their big takeover of the building, the yeah. evil guy's building. She agrees to help because she hates Shuko. And the way they take over the building is amazing because they're like, we're going to invade it with the 90s. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. So they, they gear up 
at uh, the Paracor hideout, but somebody else is also at the Paracor hideout receiving torture from Marion because she's trying to get information. Which is Abobo. We forgot to talk about Abobo yeah. earlier. Yeah. He was he was also in the scene where they go to fight them at their house. Yeah, yeah. And he is disgustified. Yes. They have given him some sort of ultra steroids, and he is just a giant thing of a man. A bloated, yeah. bizarre, Akira-looking creature and i mean i kind of can see where they're like yeah he has a huge head in the game so we made his head wider and it looks it it looks like disgusting and painful why yeah it's it was a weird choice and i'm sure that poor actor had to sit and make up for like 14 hours a day it was a second actor that played the super bobo okay not the first one gotcha some some other guy had had to deal with that well, we forgot to mention how Abobo went from a uh, Mohawk gang member to well, yeah, the bad guy did monster. it too. Yeah, Shuko's yeah. got like a, in his headquarters. He's got like a some secret lab. Lab, yeah, yeah with of like course. human experiments and stuff. So he did that to Abobo, but now he's been uh, captured by Marion, who's torturing him by making him beer bong spinach. <laughs> yeah. And she's pumping him for information about how to get into the into building. Into the building, yeah. yes. So he tells her, and then they go. And the way they uh, get in is by flooding the lobby with rollerbladers, uh, dancers, <laughs> kids uh, maybe tagging stuff up. I mean, yeah, and they take. All I was the... really expecting 311 to start playing. They really they distract <laughs> everything, and then so that That's the Lee brothers and and Marion can sneak into the... sneak into the largest ducts air ducts yeah they're like hallways they are like hallways yeah because the three of them are side by side yeah three people came barely even hunched over no they don't the entrance to it is not that big but once you get in there they got some giant giant air ducts yeah because marion has to go in first and only one at a time maybe this is why it was pg-13 well yeah yeah, well yeah because this is a third upskirt yeah yeah. (laughs) that we've had from our heroes just cheesing over her her young shapely behind Mm and I gotta say, her outfit though is the bomb. It is. I was so jealous she, of her entire look. She has a cool pixie haircut, and her pants are cut in such a way that they're like garter pants. Yeah, they're like chaps yeah. almost. They're amazing. See, yep. That's she, the only. That's the thing I remember the most about this movie. When I was going back, I, really I was remember. like, I remember Alyssa Milano's outfit, but not much else. Oh. Well, I admired that outfit personally. It was like a cross between a. Uh, Angelina Jolie and Hackers. Oh, yeah. It had a very Hackers and, like, vibe. kind of a tank uh, girl. Yeah. Imp- improvised yeah. clothes. Yeah. I was yeah. a huge fan of both of those yeah. films. So yeah. I agree. Yeah. And uh, they make their way through these vents and they see the the office of our big bad. And luckily for them, the MacGuffin, the other half of their medallion, is on his desk. And then they decide to try to get it in the stupidest way possible. Yeah. I cannot believe this. Like where they get like a hook and that fishing it's line. It's not even a hook. It's a pin. It's a lapel pin. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like a brooch yeah. that pulled off. Yeah, so yeah. they use that as like a hook to try to pull this medallion up through the vent where there's people walking around and talking in the room around it. And the vent hole that they put the thing through is far too small for the medallion to come back through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know what they were going to do. I don't... They're fools indeed. But uh, who would have guessed they are seen by Linda Lash. And during yeah. this scene, uh, he's trying to make a deal with the chief of police. Yeah, the yeah. chief of Elizabeth so Mano's her story answer. finally kind of pays off where yeah. uh, Linda lashes, notices them, starts to stab their position with a pike. Yeah. They all fall through and then, ta-da, what, my daughter's here? Yeah, but we see that he's really a good guy because she accused him earlier of being, uh, you know, not being a good cop 
being in, on the outs, making deals with the, yeah. the gang members. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. But Shuko tried to bribe him. The he, he would have none of that. Money. Yeah, and he would, had none of it. So now we know he's a good guy. Uh, but then instantly, um, we think we're going to have a fight. And instead, he tricks our heroes into jumping into a Batman hallway, which turns out to be the elevator. Yeah, they get they fall down and 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 even yeah, Marion falls down too. They fall down like an elevator shaft or some weird like I don't know, and then they just get away. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like they fall down. It's like and then the tra- it's like the trash compactor at the bottom of the and at the very building. bottom they are now at that lab, the evil lab. So um, of course the villain takes over one of the weird bodies down there. Yeah, which is very confusing because. He gets up and he's like, and this giant tall guy, and he's like, uh, remember me, blah, blah, blah. And my whole family was like, wait, did we, was this a guy from an earlier fight? Right, or right. Something? It, it takes a minute before you're like, oh, that's his voice. Okay. Oh, like, he's taking over yeah. this body. They forgot to show us that part yeah. where he goes into it. No, you just infer. Yeah. Uh, and then we cut between a horrible fight between them and then a horrible fight between Linda Lash and the police captain. Yeah. Yeah, and the dad. The middle-aged, great, white-haired dad, cop, yep. beer gut. And the way he defeats her is by just pushing over like a... A plinth. Like a big a, thing on her. Yeah. It was wonderful. Yeah, yeah. it was. And I think this is where it starts cutting to Obobo, right? Where he's back in the power core. He, he like gets up or he, you know, he sees in his little cell, it's like there's a picture of a pretty girl. and he He's like, in a bathroom. Ugh. He's yeah. locked in the bathroom. Yeah. And he's like smiling at it. And then he looks in the mirror and then he sees his face for the, for the first time, I guess. And, and he realizes he's a hideous man. He starts crying and then he gets mad and charges out. I wonder what he'll do to save yeah. the day. Surely he'll get there just in time. Well, our heroes uh, fight the villain very wholeheartedly. He gets blown away by a fan and his ghost form oh yeah then comes back into a man with like a, a metal head he's like a cyborg yeah with the metal jaw and that happens for a minute and then he's gone this whole fight is super inconsequential yeah and then they just go back to the headquarters well the the brothers get separated here it's oh like that's they're right to, they're, they're gonna get sucked in by the fans so the one brother is like sacrificing himself to like close this um we close the big door. door close this big door because they can't so, beat the cyborg yeah so billy billy and uh marion one side and then jimmy on the other side totally separated so billy and marion go back to their headquarters and uh Jimmy is being interrogated and whatever by our big bad. Yeah. Uh, and then he shows up out of the blue at the headquarters of the power. Where are they? Power, power core. core yeah. The power core. Meanwhile, Marion and, and uh, Billy, they're trying to figure out how to use their half of the medallion. Yeah. They've had this medallion the whole time, but they've never been able to activate it. And uh, when his brother shows up, he's ready to welcome him with open arms, but quickly realizes he's actually been taken over. Yeah. By the shadow man. And uh, they now must poorly fight each other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is the... One the, martial artist versus a guy. Yeah. The penultimate fight. Two and, fighters And then what, what happens other. to where he finally activates the medallion, right? It's um, after that. I, I don't remember. Somehow. Some special it's thing. So, yeah, it's so... Um, it's, it's so inconsequential. Yeah. Well, yeah, because... No, wait. He, he throws it away. Oh, oh and it yeah. comes back. He throws... He's like, I can't even use it. Take it. And he throws it. And then it stops in the air. Spins yeah. around and flies back into his hand. Mm-hmm. Then he's got the power. Yeah. Because we really forgot to tell the most important part of this whole story. One half is the body. One half is the mind. Yeah. The shadow man has the mind half. So now they, uh, Billy has the 
body half, he's he's invincible basically. Even and the bad guy's like, I'm not even going to try to fight you now. He stops. He, he kicked like, him through a wall. Yeah. yeah, yeah. With rebar, that's how you know he's yeah. invincible. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, then uh, Shuko, the Shadow Man, he leaves Jimmy's body. Yes, and he comes back in his own body, mm-hmm. but not for long, because after a short fight and some stupidity on our hero's parts, they drop the <laughs> their half of the medallion, mm-hmm. and his shadow form just easily picks it up and merges it together. Well, that's how they were taught by uh, by their surrogate mother. They were like. You have to wear the either wear this on the outside. You yes. have to wear this around your neck Keep on the outside mouth, of your clothes. Or be very careless with it. You have to make sure yeah, you have to make sure you're dangling it right in front of people's faces. Gang members, whoever. Gang members <laughs> throw it at people's feet. Yeah. It's dishonest to hide it. So once uh once the shadow man has it and puts it together, he's now all powerful. Mm-hmm. Even though the prophecy said that one person could not handle the power. Mm-hmm. Right, he seems right. to be handling it just fine. Yeah. I thought that was the, gonna be it. Like, mm-hmm. oh he can't handle it. Nope, he can't. And he can handle it so well that he then separates into two. Yeah, weird like shadow samurai guys. Luckily, because then they were different actors. They were no <laughs> longer him. So they could actually do some martial arts movements. Yeah, this is a, I guess, decent fight. I don't know. It's not really good. It's just them getting their butts kicked by these guys. You know, they remind me of the that weird demon soldier from dragon the bruce lee story Dude, oh yeah i was thinking that you know too. what i mean very much so yeah, um but smaller but so they're getting their butts kicked and then luckily at the last minute a bobo charges th- into the room what well, to the balcony yeah he's up at the balcony and yells down that he's like turn on the lights yeah he doesn't come to help fight no i thought for sure he was yeah it's so weird and then so Alyssa milano marianne realizes she has to t- go to the generator turn the lights back on because everything went out when he put the two halves together the lights come on, and those guys are temporarily blinded. Yeah, because the magic just, like, you know, tripped the... Switch. Tripped the switch Something, or yeah. circuit breaker or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So that's all that... Luckily, yeah. they had the magic circuit breaker installed. Yeah, so. yeah. But um, once they're blinded, the upper hand is now back to our heroes. And they can hit them enough to make them... To reform into one Robert Patrick. Um, once they have knocked them together, they actually get each half of the medallion. Mm-hmm. And, of course, this is the moment we've all been waiting for. That's right. They each have been, for the entire movie, doing this very awkward fist, hand, like, oh, I fist love bump yeah, thing I to love each other. I love it. Yeah. And well, now, that's, that's how uh, Billy knows that the Jimmy that shows up at the headquarters, that's how he knows it's not his brother. Because he doesn't, he doesn't do the oh, yeah. doesn't do it. high five. He doesn't five. know secret handshake. Yeah. And uh, they get to do it with their medallions. So mm-hmm. they join as one. And then the best part of the movie, they have a crazy magic swirl and are now wearing some ridiculously awesome geese. Yeah, they're very cheap. They're very, I mean, I don't think they dress like that in any of the games, but they look like, this is very Power Rangers-ish, you know? One is wearing red, one is wearing blue. Yeah. They have, like, jewels on the edges of them. A bit bedazzled. Mm -hmm. And uh, their power is just too great. They they pummel him, and they finally get to do their, their... they're super moves. Not really. There's no big moves. They yeah. they have that one chain kick where one holds the other one. Yeah, it's, it's just, so lame. It just swings. They're just spinning around. It's so yeah. stupid. <laughs> it's like there's better cheerleader moves. And then uh, our mother figure, she peers in a vision to them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she, she does a Mufasa to, uh, to, yeah. to Billy and Jimmy. And they just beat up the guy. Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, also the uh, police chief shows up now. Well, uh, before he shows up, our hero leaves his body... And becomes Shuko the bad guy. Yeah. Oh, he, yeah. He shadows into Shuko. Oh, sure, yeah. Writes a big check. So when the police officer's there, 
he, he writes that check. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, arrest me and put me in handcuffs. And then Jimmy comes back out. And they all have a good laugh. Ha, ha, ha. They have a, they have a, big, a big old laugh at oh, it. Oh, yeah. And then uh, the rest of the police come. It's a big, great day. And then the ending makes no sense to me because they are like, they walk outside. Marion's like, hey, I got your car fixed up. Oh, yeah. Somehow. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, great, let's go somewhere. Are they still wearing their geese at this oh, point? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then Bobo walks out and he's like, oh, yeah. Hey, yeah. can I be your friends now? And he's like, oh, your car looks great. Can I drive it? <laughs> yeah, no, it's a weird thing where it's like they, because like Jimmy tricks Billy somehow so that he can be in the car with alone with Marion, with yeah. Marion, and then a Bobo gets in and drives, and they're like, "Oh no!" and they and go speeding off. Jimmy's actually in the back, and he's yeah. like, "Hey guys!" Oh yeah, yeah. And then they just rocket down the road and That's past it. our old henchmen. Yep. What's our, their names? Our, um, Al Young and uh, Jeff Imada. And I actually laughed at this. That they are too good for this movie. The last time we see them, they're standing on the side of the road with cardboard signs that say, we'll hench for food. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, Thugs looking, for hire. Thugs, Thugs for, for hire. hire. I actually did laugh at that part. Yeah, it was good. They kind of like slapsticky fight each other. And that is the end of the film. So mm-hmm. a strange ending for a kind of strange movie. This one is gross. Oh, should have a seat and a lid over it. And if it gets in your mouth, you get diarrhea for a week and all your hair falls out. All right, here we are in the uh, final portion of our show. This is where we do a review based on the classic other movies we've reviewed system. <laughs> uh, starting with cinematography and sound. Game over, ugly. For cinematography and sound, I would actually give this movie like a 3.5 or a 3.0. Yeah, I'd go up to a 4 on that. Like, oh. some of the matte paintings look really cool. Yeah. yeah. Like we said, there's some shots where you're like, oh, someone actually lit this and like cared. Yeah, cared. And there's some just cool stuff, and you know, um, I mean, I, the soundtrack didn't really stand out to me. Oh, it did for me. I listened to it. Oh. Okay. Yeah, it's yep. I listened to the soundtrack of this twice. It's amazing. Well, then apparently it's pretty good. Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know any. Well, most of the songs I didn't know ahead of time, but now I've got some. I've got some listening to do. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, okay. I'm gonna go down a, a YouTube video rabbit hole. <laughs> There's one uh, when they're in the um, Power Corps uh, headquarters. Yes. Like for um, three of the times where it's like, you know, one scene and goes back to that scene. It's always playing the one song. And it's the song uh, 100% Pure Love. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's yeah. like round from the middle on the man. That's what was playing, 100%. huh? 100%. Yeah. Yeah, I, I know. I know this song. Yeah. That's I why caught, that song was it. stuck in my head. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize it. I don't even remember hearing it, but mm-hmm. yeah. Cool. And Nick? Oh, I would probably go 3.5. I think everything looked pretty good. It's certainly a competently made movie, you know? Explosions? Two explosions. No, the explosions were great. Yeah. Game over, ugly. Next up, we have game representation. And I would give this a maybe a 1, 1.5. Yeah, I would have to say you got two brothers that know karate, quote unquote. Uh, that's about it. You know, you have a Bobo, the name. And Linda Lash, a lady with a whip. And like, kind of the scenery. I mean, it's a, just a bunch of gang. You do have the gang aspect, but gang people, I mean, you can beat kind a of, punch. But beyond all that, I mean, it is nothing else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's not really. There's not a lot of double dragon in this movie. Game over, ugly. Next up, we have the challenge to watch factor. I would just say, oh, like a one, one point five. It's not a great movie. It's easy to watch. It's... I would give it a two point It's it's not like I would choose to watch this two point five. I would never choose to watch this. I think right, right. Um, again, but I wouldn't. I'm not. I'm not sad. I watched it this once, 
and it's, it was not, it wasn't hard. It wasn't like I got to turn this off or I was bored out of my mind. It has a cheesy charm to it, kind of. You know, I I, I don't. Yeah, like you said, I wouldn't watch it on purpose again, and I don't have nostalgia for it. So, uh, I thought it was really easy. I mean, I'd give it a one, and that would only be because a Bobo was hard to look at. Yep. Um, and some of the and the fight scenes are kind of childish, and yep. the puns are so cringy. See, I kind of um, that kind of tips into it. Just the, yeah, I, I, it has that. I almost like the puns; they're so bad. Corny humor yeah. that's okay. I just wish there was. Like, there aren't a lot of, like, cool things in this movie. No. Like, just it just needs more wagon. cool stuff. That's all I want. Game over, ugly. And finally, we have theme and fun. How would you rate this, Abby? So, five is the highest. Yes. And that makes it the most fun. Yep. Well, then I'd give it a four. Okay. Well, all right. Yeah. Um. So, fun, yes. It was fun to watch. Colors, uh, sets, the setting i wanted to know more about the world like yeah, i'll agree with you that theming is really cool and i do like the whole world building they did there in, in this weird kid-friendly post-apocalyptic future yeah you know the setting probably is the best thing about the movie but it is not double dragon but no, you know exactly. like mm-hmm. it does have some weird you're like smog fans weird like it's some really interesting like 90s solutions to 90s future problems like yeah seeing the seeing the outcomes of all the things that we were scared of in yeah, that time yeah. period like acid rain is now black rain mm-hmm. uh smog you can barely see through somehow earthquakes are our fault but yeah um just like they were on people's yeah. on planet krypton yeah exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. oh sea levels rising mm-hmm. i mean seeing the aftermath of of uh of all of those things that that was interesting to me and then uh yeah, and then the big earthquake, the big one, yeah, I can see how that would have affected Los Angeles to the point where it's now New Angeles. But mm-hmm. what happened in New York that it's now Old York? Just like, no one cares anymore. Did this, yeah, Who like knows? did this Who earthquake, knows? did it affect the entire world? Abby, like, I think I see some fan fiction in I your know, future. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Maybe I need to expand upon this. I but would... I tell you what, it would not include Jimmy and Billy, probably. <laughs> I would go a little lower than you. and I'd say probably about a, a 2.5 to 3, just because while the theming is awesome and I do like the world building, I didn't have a lot of fun in this world. Aww. I mean, it was just a thing that I saw, and I was like, I really wanted to like it more. It was just not cheesy enough. Yeah, well, it's like, or funny, I don't know. It, it also reminded me kind of... This theme anyway, no, it reminds me of Cyborg, but uh, there, just way less action. So it's like, yeah, I don't know. They could have. Uh, they would have had cool stuff. I just want more cool stuff. More people that knew how to do martial arts in it. Yeah, would have enjoyed it a lot more. Instead of a bunch of goofy like you know boat scene, I'm just like, all right, whatever, you know, or the car chase where I'm just like, not my thing, man. Not not good enough. Game over, ugly. So I'm guessing we may be split here, but I'm going to ask the question I always do at the end of the show: Should you watch this movie? No. I'm going to say no as well. Oh. I'm going to say a resounding yes. Um, You know, I was going to say no unless you are under the age of 10 or you have someone under the age of 10 in your household. No, that's true. Uh, Yeah, that's probably... Or you were 10 when this movie came out. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. Um, Or maybe you hate Double Dragon and you want to watch a movie that (laughs) doesn't really give you any Double Dragon. Yeah, if you're really precious about Double Dragon, then yeah, you might not like this movie. But if you're precious or just a fan of the 1990s this is a testament to some 90s style oh yeah oh yeah Yeah. retro futurism Mm -hmm. check out the soundtrack now there's the boss
Well, I just want to thank you two for having me back in the Cartridge Command Center. You're always welcome here in your own house. Thank you. My yeah. honor. <laughs> you can you can share the <laughs> the burden of Double Dragon movies with us. <laughs> yep. Uh, anytime that we are going to watch something that's usually not good, don't worry. We'll, we'll keep your speed dial open. Well, that's the curse is it's like... Video games made of movies are usually bad, and movies made of video games are usually bad. It's hard to cross that line and get it right, so we're glad to have you in the trenches with us. Yeah, I think they need a full examination, (laughs) and whenever there's a movie to be watched, I'll be there. Excellent. Thank you for joining us, Abby. Thank you. And join us next week, because our game will be... Well, actually, uh, next week will be a very special episode. Eric and his family are adventuring in the desert, and rather than leave our cartridge commandos empty-handed, I have again enlisted the help of the Invincible Abby to aid me in a surprise sort of uh, backdoor pilot for our uh, somewhat mentioned upcoming spinoff podcast, OGRPG. There will be more details on format and stuff next week when we begin our review slash playthrough of the one, the only, Final Fantasy One on the NES. So find a copy of that and play along, friends. That's right. And if you guys or gals have seen Double Dragon, the movie, and are fans or not fans, let us know your feelings on it at uh, cartridgecommand at gmail.com. And um, we'd love to hear from you on Facebook as well at Cartridge Command. If you and your uh, brother each have half of a mystical medallion, we'd love to hear your stories about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And, um, you know, if I can find a 3D print file of the medallion itself, maybe I will print it and put a picture of it on uh, Twitter at Cart Command. Yeah, keep your eyes peeled. I'm sure my children are just dying for each half of a medallion of their own. But, of course, uh, we must always thank those wa- fine and wonderful folks to give to us at patreon.com slash cartridge command. Uh, it is the never-ending medallion watch from those fans <laughs> that keep us going. Yeah, they're they're the cheese whiz that boosts our engines. Without your support, the show probably wouldn't happen. And uh, we love doing it, so as long as you guys help us out a little bit, we'll keep making this show for you all. So thank you all very much. And as always... Cartridge Commandos. Game on! And this week's movie is Double Dragon. Is that how they say it? In the... <laughs> is that how they say it? In the yeah. Game? Yep. That's all right. Um... I thought we downloaded the sound <laughs> of the Jean Claude Van Damme movie Cyborg. Mm-hmm. Setting wise, but I mean, I mean the amazing movie. Well, yeah, but that's like With this a is a little like... bit hi- less hiding in trunks of ice. Yeah. Well, it, it doesn't. There's no action. That's Universal Soldier. That's Universal Soldier. (laughs) (laughs) Is he in that one? Yeah. Okay. Van Damme. Yeah. Yeah. I I get them very confused. The first one. He's that's him being fought. Their cyborgs fighting him. No. No, Cyborg. Cyborg is different from Universal. What's the plot of Universal Soldier? Universal Soldier is so he's. You can um, edit all this out. Well, it's like yeah, so like this unit, and they have. (laughs) This would be the post show. They have some enhancements and stuff, and then um, who's the guy who played He Man in Masters? Dolph Lundgren. Dolph Lundgren. Lundgren, Yeah, he's the bad one. Yeah, so they've all like escaped, but they're all like, um, you know, they have lost their. They've lost their humanity. But Jean-Claude Van Damme's cool. I think he like falls in love with someone. Sure. And that's anyway, the one where he yeah. gets his uh, wrappings dipped in wax and then in the glass, no, right? I'm just oh, no. <laughs> no, there's gummy bears. 
gotcha, gummy bears, gotcha. sprinkles. It's the one where he caramel. leads the UN, right? And uh, <laughs> the UN peacekeeping forces. Yes. No, they're not even the UN. They're the. I know. What is it? The they wear that. They wear that blue though. Uh, yeah, they're not the UN. They're something else. All right. So um, 